the psalmist who could not contain the overwhelming joy, the peace of God, the presence and the power of God when he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Was the psalmist chapter 70, verse four, that said, let all those that seek him rejoice, take time to rejoice and be glad in him. And those who are glad they are saved, let them say, let God be magnified. Would you magnify him in this house? Would you praise him if you're saved today? If you've been delivered, healed, set free and made whole, would you praise him today? If you're free in Jesus Christ, then free indeed, praise him. And bless his name, bless his name. Ah. Would you just turn around to someone, just big bear, just even if they're not comfortable, just give them a big embrace, bear hug, love somebody. Jonah, God is preparing you for unbelievable favor. You are faithful to him and you order your steps in his word. If you will pursue after him with great passion, God said, I will reward you with great passion. My blessing will be upon you and my blessing will be upon your family. Let me order your steps. And I will give you favor as never felt, understood, comprehended before on your life, on your family. Go to uh, Genesis 22. Maybe you have an incredible focus today on what it is that God wants for you, your family, in your life in your call, in your ministry. And maybe it is that the word of God would speak to you today and say, it's time to refocus, it's time to come back, it's time to get clarity about who you are in and out and of and through the firestorms of your life and how that God blesses us with fire in the word of God. It's there over 400, at least 460, 70 times. So fire is significant with God. It means something about what we go through, who he is, and what he wants to place on us and in us. And so if you will, let's stand for the reading of God's word. And the word said, Abraham took the wood because wood is combustible. It's for the burnt offering and he placed it on his son Isaac. And Abraham himself carried 
the fire, the flint, and the knife to cut. And, and as the two of them went together, they carried what was necessary for fire. And Isaac, the son, spoke up. You know the backdrop to this story. Abraham has prayed for years. Him and Sarah have been childless. And uh, God gives him a promise and then makes them wait. Some theologians believe it's as much as 25 years. And uh, so God speaks to Abraham about his son Isaac. And Isaac recognizes that they are going to some place of sacrifice. And he says to his father, and Abraham said, yes, son. And Abraham replied, Isaac replied, the fire and the wood are here. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered to his son. I felt like God said to repeat this multiple times, this next phrase. For somebody or anybody in the house, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. God himself will provide the lamb. God himself will provide. And the two of them went on together. Is it not important how important it is that we do this thing together? That we do this thing together. Father, and your anointing to your word. Anoint this word for this season, this time, and possibly, God, even for a life or a lifetime. I pray today, if it's one, be it 10 or 20, that you would speak into their heart, the depths of their soul. Make a difference in Jesus' name. And amen. You may be seated. You may have heard me tell this story, but I walked into a restaurant just a little while back, and as I listened to the music that was playing, I, I heard the lyrics of a song that completely overwhelmed me and blew me away with great depth and great passion. I don't know if I can really do it justice this morning, but it went something like this. This girl is on fire. This girl is on fire. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. And uh, in actuality, it does go a little deeper than that. The word said this, everybody stands as she goes by because they can see the flame that's in her eye. Watch her when she's lighting up the night. Nobody knows that she's a lonely girl and it's a lonely world, but she gonna let it burn, baby. Burn, baby. Can we do that next Sunday? Just... <laughs> I'm sorry, but does it amaze anyone that it took four individuals to write this song? Not only did it take four to write it, it took three to produce it. Can I stop right here and tell you that we've got too many people 
trying to write our song and collectively produce our fire. We've got our sources and our resources mixed up. No one can fan your flame like the one who bursts it in you. No one will cause you to burn like the Father can make you burn through the power of his Son. That song by Elisa Keys went on to sell four million downloads in the U.S., rising to number two on Billboard's R&B hip-hop and number one in Austria, Slovakia, and South Korea. So her fire was indeed far-reaching beyond her local borders. It is important that Alicia Keys said that her fire was inspired by giving birth to her son and she would name him Egypt. And her marriage to her husband by the name of Swiss Beats. Can I begin by telling you that it is important to name your individual fire. But far too many have given their fire, their loyalty, the wrong name. They may have lost their focus. If I am going to name my fire anything, it will not be Egypt. Why? Because I am not bound, Sarah Glover. I am free. I wasn't called to slavery. I was called to glory. I wasn't, I, I wasn't tied to a plague, but I am, Dana Reed, tied to the promises of, of the almighty, mighty God. Amen. I want you to understand that I'm not birthing Pharaohs. I'm birthing favor. Some of you stopped naming your fire and your passion a long time ago, but I came to put a name on my fire today, and his name is Jesus the Christ, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, Jehovah Nisi, the banner of my victory, Jehovah Shalom, he is my everlasting peace, amen. Well, lift your hands and declare his name today. Will somebody shout, he is my victory. Uh, Egypt is behind me. Uh, I thought it more than ironic that three different versions of that song were released uh, by the name, in a studio, by the name of Oven Studios. What have you named today as the source of what you are really passionate about? What have you named as the source of your fire? What motivates you and pushes you forward? What are you blazing in, baking in, burning in? If you burn in Egypt, you will die in Egypt. But if you burn in the word of God, the word became flesh and we beheld his glory, the glory of the 
only begotten as the son of the only begotten father. I tell you today, God is faithful. It's that name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is what? Lord of lords and king of kings to the what? The glory of God the Father. You weren't called to burn in pessimism. You weren't called to burn in negativity. We as the church of the living God have been called to burn in the glory of his begotten son, Jesus Christ. So who is the source of your fire? It is the day to reclaim your focus. Can we just say that prophetically over our own lives? It is a day for me to reclaim my focus, to rename your flame, to rekindle your passion for what makes the kingdom of God really burn. I dare you to name him Jesus today. I dare you to shout out his name. I doubt you. I dare you to bring glory to the Father by shouting the name of Jesus Christ. The word of God tells us that if we trust him, that, uh, uh, that we can come before him and that he brings us into this place of glory, that we were created in glory, that the glory is the flame of, of the honor that belongs uh, to his name. If I put a name on my fire and that name is Jesus, uh, the word of God names him as the captain of my salvation. That's who he is and that's what he is and there is glory in none other but Christ, the son of the living God. So this is how your fire should burn always toward his glory, not my glory. Always in his glory, always through his glory and because of his glory. This is the fire that God has mandated for a New Testament church living in this world today. So how do I, how do I focus when that is put to the test? Philip Walker, how how do I focus when I'm, I'm in this battle, Tanya, between the pressures and the cares and the pull of this life and, and this desire for a real experience of fire and, and a real experience of glory in my life? Why am I so passionate about that, Mike Croswell? Because the word of God says that we can live in the power of his glory. Amen. Whatever you may think of Alicia Keys, she communicates to us that there is significance between those who have fire and those who do not. Not only do we see it or should see it in the church, but Alicia Keys demonstrates to us that there is a difference even in the world that we live in that even the world recognizes those who have fire and those who do not. Sarah, I've been in this a long time. Brian, we've been in the church world a long time. And I can tell you sometimes it is very easy to distinguish between those who walk in glory and those who walk in something else. And so it is that the fire is indeed something that we are after. Alicia Keys saying, watch her burn. 
But I need to submit to you today that the call upon my life is not to watch someone else burn, to watch someone else build, to watch someone else participate, but the call upon my life is to make sure that I am burnable. Anybody with me this morning, amen? God didn't call me to watch everyone else burn. He called me to burn for his glory. I came here today to shine and be set aflame by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there is no fire like his fire. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of Holy fire, amen? So God wills it for his church. There's a difference between a church that has and does not have. And when you look dangerously close at Genesis 22, verse one, you can't help but notice that God is putting Abraham to the test. He is a man of God. He is faithful to God. He is not in sin, living in sin, but he is still being tested by God. No one else can go to Moriah for him. No one else can offer their son in Isaac's place. Can you imagine being Abraham? No one else can go to Sarah, his beloved wife, who has waited a hundred years to birth a baby. No one else can explain to her. Could you imagine? After all this time, God has given us his promise, and now I've got to take him and I've got to change my sacrifice. And uh, then Abraham stands before God and yet he says, God, Brandon Myers, here I am. Listen, your daddy's reputation can't do it for you. Your mom can't do it for you. It doesn't matter what their legacy is. You've got to name your own baby. You've got to speak to your own Isaac. What will you do with your Mariah? I don't care how many times you've been to Sunday school, how many churches they pastored, how many times you've served on the church board. God said, this is the place of the test. What will you do with your test? This is on you. It's on us. Not summiting in the Steve Brock era, not summiting in days gone by, but this is the test. This is the day. Who are we now? God said, I'm looking for a fire on summiting, a fire on you. So many want to know, am I significant? Do I matter enough? Do I count? The question is, will you climb the hill and take your own Isaac? I hear the voice of the Lord saying, you tried to put it on someone else, but it's time for someone in this house to stand up and say, here I am, God. I am responsible for my own fire. 
Lift up your voice and praise him. I need somebody to testify that he's been God in every test. He's been faithful through every fire. I can depend on him. I can call on him. And I know that he will answer me. I, I had no idea what he was about to ask me to do. But he's God and I trust him in the test. He's still God. In the fire, I can depend on him. Uh, I hear the lyricist Brown Bannister and the incomparable Russ Taff sing when you're up against a struggle. (laughs) That shatters all your dreams and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested scheme. And you feel the urge within you to give in to earthly fear. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Praise the Lord. Would you lift your hands? Would you praise him right now in every struggle, through every doubt, in every lonely moment? Would you praise him anyway right now? God, I, I trust you in the test. God said, I will never ask you to focus on me that I have not already focused on you. Somebody shout, his focus is on me. His focus is on me. I hear Brooklyn Tab sing, he's been faithful time and time again. He's been faithful to me. I really believe today that I I can walk on water. I can get Lazarus out of the tomb. I shake snakes off and I tread on serpents and scorpions. I make lions lay down in their den. I will not burn inside the furnace for there is a fourth man in my fire, I have him with me in the fire. I have him with me out of the fire. He is faithful. I can depend on him. He will not fail me. Well, bless him. Hey, shut them a little of my Praise the Lord. Here I am. Abraham refused to burn someone else in the process of his sacrifice. Some of us are pretty good at sacrificing as long as we can complain about it. As long as we can drag someone, willing or unwilling, to our Moriah. But Abraham carried the fire himself. If fire is coming, it will come from me. I am willing to invest in the test because he is worse in all. Amen? Amen? How do I focus when I'm tested? How do I focus on what's missing? Make what's missing valuable because all I want to do is focus on what I have or I have had. For some people, it's been a long time since they ever did anything hard in the church. We're willing to take a risk. We're willing to put themselves out there. We're willing to really do something for the kingdom outside of their own marriage or occupation. 
willing to follow God when they did not know where the lamb was coming from. Let me tell you something. If you don't think God asking Abraham to give his son Isaac was a curveball, you have lost your mind. Abraham, get this, has been in his home church for 100 years. He's comfortable. He feels like he's seated in heavenly places. He's got his name on a pew. He's been comfortable. God, I finally got all this. I have the son that you promised, that thing that I've been weary with. I've, I've bawled my eyes out at night. My wife is wet to her waist, and you've given us this promise. And now, hear me, this is a word for this church, not just one individual. And now, God, you want me to change up my life? I've been bringing a lamb. Year in and year out, I've been bringing, God, you know this is what I do. And now you want me to change up my sacrifice? And let me just throw this in. When you talk about pews or chairs more than you talk about God, it tells me that you are more preoccupied with where you sit than where he sits. When all we can talk about what God was and not what God is, we've lost our faith and our relationship with God. Our fire has dwindled. Some of us think that just because we made a sacrifice or had to wait a little while that God can't ask anything else from us. God, we waited this long to burn, waited this long to name our Isaac. You're gonna ask me to do something different with my sacrifice? God, who do you think you are? And you think you're asking me, Pastor, who do you think you are? Church leadership, Pastor Brian, Pastor Philip, who do you think you are to ask me to change my game? And you're not really asking me and you're not really asking them, you're asking God Do you know how many times I've built that altar, God? Do you know how many times I've been to that church this year? Do you know how many times I've had to leg it out and climb that mountain? Do you know how many times I had to come up with fire when I didn't feel fire? And now you want me on fire again? How dare you change my sacrifice now? Let me tell you something. If we can't get the sacrifice right, you will never know what it is to burn. If God asks for Isaac and you can, and all you can carry is your own will, I'm not sure we ever make it to the mountain, let alone burn with the passion of God. I'm not being mean this morning. I'm telling you, this is not about you, but this is on you. It's not about us, but it's on us. Maybe you don't think those moments ever happen. Sometimes God asks you to go through a hard thing. 
And I just want to encourage someone, you've been thinking this, God's been dealing with you, but God said, I will not destroy you. God said, I will not burn you. God said, I will not harm you. I'm with you. Be encouraged. You see, the problem is The problem is not that you've been sacrificing. You're just not willing to change sacrifices without changing churches. And so it is that I'll take Zion all day long. I'll build an altar on Zion, but don't expect me to build an altar on Moriah. I can worship on Zion, but don't ask me to make a sacrifice on Moriah. I can worship with that Zion all day long, but I can't worship to that Moriah stuff. I'll take Zion for 200, Bob. But I don't want anything to do with Moriah. What you, I'm saying that every now and then God changes mountains on us. Every now and then God changes sacrifices on us. Are we willing to do what God has asked us to do? That whole area was Moriah. He just said while we journeyed to Moriah, but Mount Calvary was there, Mount Zion was there. Some believe that, that the place of, of the offering for Isaac was actually that type in shadow. It was Mount Calvary in Moriah. I'm willing to do everything that comes with Zion, but I don't want a whole lot to do with Moriah. I'll take Zion on Sunday morning, but don't ask me to do Moriah on Monday. I'm not about to give an Isaac when all I've been asked to give is a goat. I felt like God moved my heart to this area this week. He said, you tell somebody in one of these two sections, maybe more, but he said, you've been okay with the goats. You've been all right offering the goats. But God said, you know who you are. He said, I'm looking for you, Isaac. And if I can ever, if I can ever get you, Isaac, I'll have you. If I, if I have you, then you have me. And if I can get your Isaac, I'll bless you incomparably. Unlike you've ever, will you stand up, Dana Reed, right now? Will you stand up and will you intercede for somebody? Will you pray for somebody right now? Praise the Lord. Would you honor his spirit right now? Would you just all lift your hands and honor his spirit and his word this morning? You're still offering goats, and God said, I need your Isaac. You're still offering goats, and God said, I, I need your Isaac. For 33 years, you've offered goats. 
We hear Isaac ask, verse seven, behold the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Some people have everything but Jesus. Mary and Joseph, his own parents, have lost him for three days and don't even know it. Then we want to know what's missing in our lives. And God said there is a hole where the lamb should be. I fell to my knees in study, in preparation, because God said before you ask your people that question, my people that question, you better, you better make that statement to yourself. There is a hole where the lamb should be. How do you know this, Pastor? We are just three chapters. I shared with you a couple of weeks ago about Lot and the depravity of that situation. And uh, I felt like I would refer to it again today and I think there will be more to come. But we are just three chapters from where Lot will offer his daughters in perversion to demonic spirits. And Abraham, who is willing to offer and put Isaac on the altar of God. Don't tell me there's not a difference in how people respond to the voice of God. Don't tell me there's not a difference in the way that people and churches respond to the fire and the holiness of God. And uh, respond to the altar. Respond to the voice of God. Give me just a moment. I'm glad that Isaac, even as a young boy, was sensitive to the lamb. Isaac was keeping up with the lamb. He knew something had to burn. God fills some of them with people that know we have got to, to have something that burns to set aflame. There's got to be a fire and no one else wants it. I want, I want a fire, amen? And no one else wants a fire. I believe Dana wants a fire. We've got to have a fire. Jerry, Jeremy, actually, I believe that you want the fire of God in your life. I believe that Joey O'Neill wants the fire of God in his life. I believe that we need. I felt like God spoke this into my spirit. He said, if I can get Summerton, Summerton men, Summerton women, Summerton students, seniors to focus on what's missing, I will put a fire in the place of what has been missing. I will put a lamb in its place. And what's been missing in individual lives will not be missing any anymore. I said, a fire is coming and it's bringing a lamb with it, amen. I believe that the fire and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit is abundantly ready to be poured out upon us if we will keep acknowledging the lamb. God, raise up a church, raise up people. And let's close this morning with focusing on what is to come. Did you really listen to the lyrics of Alicia Keys? 
she said, nobody knows that she's a lonely girl and it's a lonely world. May it just be that the girl on fire has put the wrong sacrifice on the wrong altar and really has no idea how to burn at all. That you can literally be on fire spiritually and not burn anything of significance. You can be on fire in this world, exposed to everything that this world has to offer, all the fame, the fortune, the finance, the money, Show me the money. And not burn anything of significance at all. I know I'm dating myself, but I believe that's what Elvis Presley wrestled with. I believe that's what Whitney Houston wrestled with. People who had come up in the fire, who came up in the power and the presence of God. We had a friend in Memphis, dad pastored there years ago. I was his student pastor there and uh, she, uh, she kind of came up partying with Elvis and uh, her daughter was uh, a best friend of my brother Scott and she said that after everything else, it never failed, transpired. She said we would, we would end up at, at the home of Elvis. I didn't plan this, I don't know. She said, we would end up in his home and, we would, and he would make his way back to that quiet room where there was a grand piano. And she said, we never finished a party and never finished a night that we weren't gathered around that piano singing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. Did that save him? I don't know. I don't think a song alone can save you. We've got people who are wrestling with what they know is true. <laughs> they know God is calling for an Isaac. They're just content to keep being who they've always been and keep bringing the same old land to the same old place. The same. Stand with me this morning. Nothing to be ashamed of. Is there anyone in this house, maybe many, you would say, Pastor, I'm going through a test right now. Would you just lift your hand? Kind of hold it up for a minute. I'm going, nothing to be ashamed. I'm going through a test right now. Did you know that you can do something of significance even in the test? I don't always know where the lamb is coming from. I don't know how he will show up or how he will get there or how he will provide. But Tammy, he just always does. He's never left me hanging. He's never left me empty. He's never left me alone. Shane. In verse eight, Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb as they both went on together. 
Do you understand? That, that is one of the most significant verses in this entire chapter. Do you know why? Because in, right in the middle of what God asked Abraham to do, gifts start coming forth. Abraham is prophesying in verse eight. While he is going through the test of his life, prophecy is one of the gifts of the Spirit. While he is going through the toughest time of his life, God's raising up gifts in his test. You, you, Noah, just get me through this, God. Jonah, God, if you get me through this, I'll have a testimony. Uh, just, God, I just want you to, I just want to be a testimony for you. Just, just pull me through it. God said, I didn't put you in the test just to get you through it. I put you in the test to do something significant in your life. I'll bring about gifts in your life, even in the firestorm. If you'll let me. And that it hit me like a ton of bricks this week. For Abraham and Isaac, God speaks and tells us a gift is coming, a lamb is coming who will take away the sins of the world. It's a type, it's a shadow. What happens? They get to Mount Moriah. Abraham raises the spear, raises the knife to bring it down. And an angel interrupts him. And what do they find? They find a lamb in the thicket. Go get the lamb. The lamb will be the sacrifice instead of your son. And what does God turn around and do? So many hundreds of years later, he takes his son to Mount Moriah. He takes his son to Mount Calvary. And it is there when he could have, and some would think should have, and, and, and anything else that God could have done and, and would have done, but he didn't. He provides his own son as the perfect sacrificial lamb. And this time, the hammer comes down. And this time the death nail is struck. And this time he pays the price for sin with his life for three days. And God brings him back. The greatest story that has ever been told. I, I, I know. God, you're good. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I, I won't belabor this. I won't. But you would say, Pastor, I know that God is calling me to something, something greater. I, I, this is the time. I, I'm not living in sin. I'm not mixed up or messed up. I just know that God is moving on me for more. That's, I don't care how long you've been in the church. Would you come? Would you make your way to this altar? Anyone at all? One person in the house? Ten in the house? Whoever? What? You know, you know, I knew God was dealing with me about something, but, but this is the day that I, just maybe it's time for me to change sacrifices. Just maybe this is when I admit to myself that, that God has called me to just a little more.
Can I have some men and women that know how to pray? I know how to pray. Not coming to be seen, but you know how to pray. Will you? Ministers, pastors, will you help me pray. As they come to sing and carry us back in this morning, will you lift your hands toward those that are here right now and will you pray? Pray like it's your own Isaac. Pray like it's your own son, your own father. In Jesus' name.